Alrighty. You want me to do the saying stuff? Yeah, go on then. Let's give it a start and we'll okay. see where it goes. Um, Alright. Hello, lovely listeners. And welcome to episode... Hello, lovely listeners. <laughs> Alright, now we've got rid of the cat. <laughs> Let's try it again. <clears throat> Hello, lovely listeners. And welcome to episode 63 of Frithcast. Is that all right? That's all right. Keep going. Cool. We we here at at uh, uh, Frith, Frithcast Towers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the Frithcast Broadcasting Centre, um, aka would, our kitchen, <laughs> would, I, would like to present to you a very special story time episode. This sixty third episode of Frithcast, which will be a a uh, telling of the. Uh, myth cycle story of Iduna and the missing apples. Yes. Uh, as told by my beloved wife, Suzanne, whose podcast this is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but wanted me to do the opening because uh, she, she, she just talks all the way through it otherwise. I do. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it, we, we were looking for... Uh, she was concerned about balance because, as you know, there must be balance in all things. Um, so what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to introduce Suzanne. Hello, Suzanne. Hello. Was that Hello. it? That was it. That was it. This okay, is cool. this is this is Suzanne. Suzanne, would you like to introduce yourself for the lovely listeners? Hello, lovely listeners around the virtual campfire. I'm Suzanne, and I'm a heathen. Thank you very much. Um, as I said uh, at the uh, at the top of the show, um, I'm I'm Kate, and I'm not a heathen. Um, I'm a I'm a sort of a druidy thing, uh, with coffee, and I'm just going to sit and listen to the um the, the 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 story, what Suzanne is about to tell us. Um, we wanted to include a content advisory because we have made free with some sound effects on this uh, episode. We have, uh, which will include various um mm. sounds, including the sounds of uh, automatic gunfire. Yeah. Um, we wanted to make that uh, because we're we're conscious of. The, the various backgrounds of some of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate that not all of you may may relish that particular sound, so we wanted to just let you know it was there in the context of the story. Yeah. But yeah, basically we had a lot of fun recording this story. We've done something a little bit different mm-hmm. with this episode, and we kind of hope that you like it. So before we get into the story proper... We'd just like to say, we're Suzanne and Kate. If you want to find us online, you can search for Frithcast. You can find me online. I'm Suzanne Martin. I'm on Facebook as Suzanne Martin. I'm also on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me for any reason, uh, I am on Facebook and uh, Twitter as Kate Coldwind. Uh, or you can find me on my terrible website at glassrain, <laughs> glassrain.net. Uh, drop me a line there and I shall... Um, I shall. Uh, I, I don't know. Drop you one back. Yeah. Is that what you do well, when people yeah, drop you a line? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's all good. Do it. Do it. Do it. So, lovely listeners, settling around the virtual campfire for a slightly different story time. Kate and I hope you enjoy it, and we will talk to you again in episode sixty-four.
It always rains in Asgard City. A hard rain, the kind that you hope would wash the filth right off the streets. It was one of those nights when the sky came down and wrapped itself around the Nine Worlds. Name's Loka Laufason. What people call me is something different. I'm a fixer. Folks come to me when they want something fixed, or when they want something breaking. Underneath the glitter and shine, this city was all about one or the other. Sometimes I got paid to break things, and then got paid by others to fix them. I didn't much belong anywhere, just moved around. Those that needed me badly enough found me. Back then I had an office just big enough for my desk, my gun, and a bottle. Trouble came knocking too often for my liking. In this case, it was a woman, a real looker. A beautiful woman whose eyes said, help me, and whose gold and amber necklace said, I can pay. Her perfume was a sweet promise. She was strawberry blonde and had legs for hours. Freya, Fisher's daughter, had come to see me. She was a real bear cat. She had bad news written all over her like the June of 793. The boss wants to see you, she'd said, like I'd know which big cheese she meant. As it happened, I did. I'm real busy, I'd said. Got cases to work and bills to pay. I can't just go dropping it all every time, unless I'm getting paid. She looked at me like she'd bite me in half and play with the remainder. Okay, I said. Next week. Next week's good, right? No? Tomorrow. He wants tomorrow? She shook her head. Tonight. That one word hit me like a slap from a jealous dame. In an hour. Be there. She turned and left, grinding her heel into the carpet and my pride. From my window, I watched her car race away down the street. A silver-grey falcon, rare and fast. A street racer's car, light on the steering. Not the kind of car I'd associate with a lady of quality. I made the meeting with minutes to spare, soaked through from the relentless rain avoiding the street rats and thieves. No one good was out on a night like this. The boss's place was a pool hall, but downstairs was where the real trick shots happened. I nodded to the barman on my way down, snagged a bar towel to take the worst of the wet off as I walked downstairs. I wouldn't want to arrive looking like I hadn't made an effort. Opened the door to find the whole crew assembled, the boss sitting at the head of the table. Took my hat off and dropped it onto the table as I took a seat. They looked mad. All of them. Surely they didn't blame me for something I didn't know they knew that I'd done. The boss looked fiercer than Hooch and just as bitter. His missing eye didn't help. There were a lot of rumours about that eye, what had happened and where it was now. He looked old. Older than when I last saw him. They all did. Maybe it was the low lighting. The boss always did like his dramatic settings. Stood behind him was a red-haired man, wide as a wall and twice as tough. He partied hard, got off the track sometimes and didn't speak much, but maybe that's why I got on with him. 
as much as I get on with anyone. I surveyed the faces. On the right, Freya and her twin brother, a blonde Sheba and chic in the flesh. Opposite them, their father, craggy as a cliff and unrelenting. Each member of the crew present and accounted for, each one powerful in their own right. Must have taken a lot for them all to be here in one place. In the shadows at the back, I caught a glimpse of a lady leaning against the wall, the ember from her cigarette holder glowing in the dark. I was never sure how much the boss's frau knew, or even whether she ran the whole operation. Laufeysen? Boss? We went big on pleasantries. Could never work out whether that was a good thing or not. You were seen, Laufeysen. Heading out with a dame. She was carrying something. Seems to me like stepping out with a broad is little reason to get the whole crew together and call me here. I didn't come here to get grilled. I wasn't in the mood for games. The boss shifted, leaning forward. I got the distinct feeling that his missing eye was looking right at me. We want her back. You're a fixer. Fix this. She's guarding the package, but you knew that, didn't you? I don't want to be left holding the bag. I'll get paid. I don't work for free. Not even for this crew. You'll get paid. The boss's voice rumbled through my bones. Double if she comes back unharmed. That was the kind of incentive I like. It'll take time, I warned. Need to find out for sure where she is and get her back. Triple if she comes back tonight. Triple I liked very much, and so would my bank account. I already knew where the missing dame was, of course. The yielding Jotun, a gin palace out on the edge of town. You would never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. It was headquarters to the mountain men and their boss, the Azi. A dangerous outfit even for me to tangle with. The only reason I'd consider going near them again would be because of his daughter. Heir to his whole operation. She was a choice bit of calico. His only lieutenant, tall, blonde, and the very definition of an ice princess. I had recent history with Thiazi, recent enough that the check still hadn't cleared. I was going to have to be cautious. Fast in, fast out was my whole plan. Trouble was, walking wasn't my thing and I had no wheels. Gonna need something fast, I'd said. Freya flicked me the keys to her falcon. It was all the speed I'd need. Oh, plan a warm welcome for when I get back. I picked my hat up and pushed my chair back. Just in case. The yielding Jotun was close by and miles outside the city at the same time. That falcon ate the roads like it hadn't been fed in weeks. Outside the palace, Thiazi's own custom eagle sat gleaming gold, preening in the light spilling from the club. A heavy, powerful engine, polished bodywork and vengeful steering. I wished I could take that for a spin myself before I remembered what I was there for. I parked the Falcon in the side alley and nosed inside. The place was quiet, some losers by the tables, but not enough to worry me. I squeaked unseen past a couple of mountain men and headed for the back stairs. I found the missing dame up in the penthouse, clutching a covered basket, 
watching the rain run down the windows. She turned as I got close, spitting words out like bullets. Laufeishson, I should have known. Even when she was angry, she was wholesome as apple pie. Until she slapped me. I stood there smarting. Being put in my place by a woman twice in one night was a record even for me. This is all your fault, she told me. You drive me nuts. I asked her if she was ready to blow this joint and together we left, quick and quiet. We scrambled for the falcon. I bundled the dame in the back seat and told her to keep her head down. Plenty of Thiazi's goons hanging around outside the place, and if I could get us out of here without them spotting her, I aimed to do just that. She was still complaining when I dropped myself into the driving seat, but I'll give her a due. She kept herself folded up like a nut as I slammed the door and turned the key. The car started up purring like a kitten. I spun the wheel, pointed us towards the open road, and made for freedom. Out onto the road. It was late now, and the traffic was light, so we had no trouble slipping between a few other cars and into the night. Home free. Obedient as she'd been, my passenger hadn't stopped cursing me since we'd got into the car, and now she pulled herself up and set about giving me both barrels. She sure wasn't a fan of mine, but I guess she had her reasons. I let most of it slide. You don't live a life like mine without you copping a few bad words from time to time. It was when I glanced in the mirror, looking back at her snarling face, that I caught a glimpse of another car on the road behind. Something about it drew my attention. It was some way behind us, but gaining fast. Its hull flashed gold under the street lamps. It was an eagle. The eagle. Thiazi's eagle. Damn it. I could have almost let myself think we'd got away with it. Thought maybe we'd get back easy, that I could have sailed back into the old guy's place all neat-like and show him what a real professional could do. Get in, get out, and no one any of the wiser. No fuss. No such luck. As we pass under a street lamp, I see Thiazi himself at the wheel. Made sense. That car was his baby, his sweetheart, and he wasn't going to hand it over to someone else for this kind of work. Still, must be a special kind of dame to drag him away from his tables to come after her himself. I interrupted the dame's stream of abuse. Sit down, toots, I growled. Keep your head low. Reckon it's about to get lively. She took a breath, trying to decide whether to keep on railing. Then she glanced back too and straight away dropped herself back down on the seat smart chick. The eagle was up pretty close now and I took a couple of turns hoping I'd throw him but no dice. We were halfway down a dark side street when I saw Theazi's hoods leaning out of the windows and then the world exploded. Flashes in the mirror, bullets rattled tackling along the side of the car, smashing the windows and shredding the upholstery. Figured I'd catch hell from Freya when she saw that, but right now that was a thrashing I'd have been happy to take. I floored it, and the falcon soared. We pulled away a little and I chanced another glance back. The eagle was powering up to us again, weaving side to side as Thiazi tried to get his goons a clear shot. Another round of bullets, this time tore up the passenger seat and took out my mirror. Still with me? 
I figured she was. Never had a dead woman call me names like that before. I do some weaving of my own, trying to throw off their aim, and up ahead I see the turn, the last turn, the road that's going to take us home to the old guy's place, and there, if it all goes to plan, I take the corner on two wheels to the tune of vulgar invective in C minor sung from the back seat. Shots from behind peppered the walls as we careered along the road up to the gates. As we closed, I saw the light. Lots of it. The old man's crew were waiting in position around the gates and atop the compound walls. They turned on the lamps and lit us up like the Grand Opera. I squinted ahead and kept the wheels straight as they'd go till we sped through the gates and into the yard, where I pulled us over and slid the falcon to a halt. I could already hear the thunder as the old man's guys opened up on the oncoming evil. I jumped out of the car and watched as they sprayed bullets over the eagle like confetti at a wedding. I heard the heavy slugs hit their targets, smashing glass, shredding tyres, and the screech as Thiazi tried to regain control. But it was way too late for him. He lost it. The eagle flew through a wall of fire. Already more bullet hole than car, it piled sideways, rolled into the boundary wall, and exploded. I was glad to see him gone, and I wasn't the only one. The missing dame and her package was back and safe. The boss threw a party on account of my success. I got paid a large one for my troubles, and I stayed with them drinking gin and shooting pool until the sun came up.